0: to Politics of Dancing on WKDU 91.7 FM, Philadelphia. My name is DJ Rue, and for the next two and a half hours, you are going to be entertained with some of the greatest dance tracks to be in cinema and film. So you can play along and try to figure out which films these tracks went to. I'll post them all up on the WKDU site later today. So glad you can be with me no matter where you are all over the world. I want to thank our listeners in the United Kingdom. I have a listener in Japan and in Russia. So glad you're with me enjoying electronic music. We're going to be going back in time. So get your dancing shoes on, platforms or otherwise. And enjoy politics of dancing in film. Starting off with Fieber Corporation, Indra. It was featured in Vanilla Sky. The best part about that Mortal Kombat track and the entire soundtrack was my brother and I used to fight over it. He was a big fan of Mortal Kombat, the video game, obviously, that was made into a movie. Glad they're still uh, doing that. And very much, very deep into The Last of Us. Which also incidentally has extraordinary music and music choices. Going back in time, this is Midnight Express's theme by Giorgio Moroder. You're in tune to WKDU, 91.7 FM, Philadelphia. This is Politics of Dancing. My name is DJ Rue and this is some of the best dance tracks, electronic and otherwise, in films. You're in tune WKDU 91.7 FM, Philadelphia. That is Anomaly Calling Your Name from the American Pie soundtrack. Probably the best part about that entire movie. It's by Libra Presents Taylor, which is really a pseudonym for BT. Before that, American Dream by Jakarta and the great Thomas Newman from the American Beauty soundtrack. Little Less Conversation, Elvis and Junkie XL from the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack, and of course, for that, any child of the 80s knows this track, XLF by Harold Faltermeyer from Beverly Hills Cop. This week's Politics of Dancing is all electronica dance music techno danceable beats from movies once you play along you can listen to any part of this set again on SoundCloud I'll have it uploaded in the next couple days soundcloud.com backslash WKDU this is Radiohead everything in its right place from Vanilla Sky. I'll say one thing about Cameron Crowe, he knows how to pick music. But that's why we love him. in 2DWKDU, 91.7 FM, Philadelphia. That track me, I've just been a little bit on the nose as Digweed actually dropped it in groove. But my God, so good. Since we're already in the club, I'm trying to get bit by some Vampires. we <laughs> to WKDU 91.7 FM Philadelphia. My name is DJ Rue. You've been listening to Politics of Dancing, my weekly radio broadcast on Philadelphia's only non-commercial free format radio station through Drexel University. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through all of this drama together. These are clearly very stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It is normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there's always hope. Reach out to someone. Connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are never alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. This is furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and WKDU. So today's show has been all about looking at film and electronic music's and dance music's contribution to making those films even better. But there is one film that changed it all and it might not be what you think or who knows. It could be. But I want to play you a little bit from this documentary that will give you some background as to how this music became such a phenomenon and part of American culture. So tied to American culture is about a 10 minute or so um, from the HBO documentary. Um, the BGS. How Can You Mend a Broken Heart? So you can maybe see where I'm going with this. You're in 2 WKDU 91.7 FM, Philadelphia.
1: After Children of the World album, the next project we were booked to record in France because of the Elton John album, Honky Shanto. It sounded great.
2: Shadow, I you. Oh, it my
3: heart.
1: Robert sent us there. I think it was some kind of tax thing. We thought, well, if this studio sounds that good, you know, yeah, let's off, go off to France, why not? It wasn't the honky chateau that Elton John had used. Now, chateau sounds absolutely gorgeous, doesn't it? Beautiful building, great grounds and gardens and ponds and fountains, no. It's nothing like that. It was a half-built castle, no central eating, nothing, and it was a dump.
2: We seemed to be in the middle of Norway. Not a happy place
1: to be. It was really kind of decrepit. I think it'd been used to make porn movies. This was not right. But because it was a contract, we just decided to, you know, plow on through. We were going there to mix a live album called Hero Last Live but also we were getting songs ready for our new studio album, which would be the follow-up to Children of the World. And we got a call from Robert Stigwood. A friend of mine, Nick Cohn, wrote this piece for New York Magazine, Tribal Rights of the New Saturday Night. Disco was really underway in Manhattan anyway, but Nick Cohn's point was that rather than just being underground gay clubs, straight couples are now going to do the hustle on a saturday night in the suburbs so i got robert to buy the film rights to a magazine article of which there was no story but it caught robert's attention because he saw that that that's a lead role for an actor if it was a movie he announced at the beverly hills hotel at breakfast i'm signing john travolta to a three picture deal and people thought he was mad he was a tv actor no one gets a million dollars for three pictures turned out to be the bargain of the century of course because he got him for grease and the movie we don't talk about uh, moment by moment. But two out of three is not bad. I was still running RSL Records, so my job was to do a soundtrack. And my brief was, put all your favorite disco tracks and everyone will play it at a party and they'll never stop dancing. These were comparatively easy, but we needed the Bee Gees to write a few songs phone call came through from Robert saying, I want to make this film. He said, but I'm going to need two or three songs. It wasn't the idea that they would do the soundtrack. We knew they were busy. But have you got some songs, Robert said. And they said, yeah, sure. Robert said, I'm sending you a script. But we decided not to read the script. We weren't writing the Fever music. We were writing our new album and just having fun doing it. They already had a couple of tunes or some titles anyway. We thought, let's leave it with them. What we ended up doing was, was the demos of these songs. And I, I was really surprised that, you know, it was only a few weeks later we got the songs. We got a cassette, and to this day, it's amazing. <laughs> it was just one after the other. You know, staying alive more than a woman. How deep is your love if I can't have you? Night fever. On one cassette, I thought, yes, we've got a soundtrack. You know, you listen to that tape, whoever was playing on those records, it would have been hits. The songs are so good, you think, shit, you know? (laughs) So cool.
4: We had the demos, and then we went into the process of making real records. Barry and Carl and I lived in that control room, I don't know, 16 hours a day. Yeah, that was the only thing to do.
1: We we recorded Night Fever first. We actually had that in the can. Robert called and said, I need a title for the film. What I've got at the moment, I said, is two titles, Staying Alive and Night Fever. And he said, "Mm, Night Fever, on the phone. Hmm, he said, sounds okay, he said, but it sounds a bit too pornographic. It needs to be called Saturday Night, he said. So it turned
5: into
1: Saturday Night Fever. We were editing Fever on the lot at Paramount. I was deluged by Paramount people saying, how's your little disco movie coming along? So that was a bit patronising. But the inspiring thing was that Stigwood, during post-production, said, why do we wait for the release of the film? Let's put out a single now. And then he started with the heads of Paramount, like, how many theaters? And they told him something like 200, he said. I'm releasing the record in every city. Why can't it be in every single city? So they made a deal whereby if the record got to the top 20, they would increase the number of screens. If it got top 10, they'd go 80 more. He said, I need the first record to be number one.
3: Stigwood phoned up and said to Barry, I need the best love song you've ever written for the movie. So we went into a room in the chateau. Chopin had stayed there. So every time I looked at this piano, I <laughs> envisaged Chopin sitting down and playing. I sat down to the piano and thought of his prelude in E flat, and I knew Barry could sing in E flat. When we were working like that, I had a cassette player. <laughs> it happened at that point through the stained glass window uh, came a beam of sunlight you know and morning sun
1: and, and that's a that's a memory will never forget it never forget it
3: Yeah, all the feelings all the emotions are still there when you talk about it it all comes back um, I I have a um, my heart is in that song I
6: know your eyes in the morning sun I feel you touch me in the pour and rain and the morning
3: Everything came together, but sadly Dennis had had some bad news. My mother was in hospital, she had Alzheimer's, so, you know, I told Barry what was going on, he said, uh, you get Dick to book you a flight now.
1: He had to fly back to the UK and we had no drummer.
3: We thought, well, we've got to carry on writing and um, getting these tracks together.
4: When I was at Berkeley, I had studied things where they were moving tapes around and make sort of these interesting sonic loops. And when Dennis was not there, I said, well, why don't we just take a bar out of Night Fever? I think it's a little slower tempo. We'll slow it down a little bit and see if we can make a loop out of it. We found a bar that we thought had a really nice feel to it. We copied it over to a uh, half-inch four track. track and uh, splice the tape into a loop. Tape I was pretty good at imagining what you might be able to do, but Carl was able to make it happen. It was just necessity being the mother of invention. No one had taken a drum beat before and created a two-bar phrase. We were breaking new ground. This is the first time we had ever taken the song and built it piece by piece from the ground up. And we started with this drum loop. And then we did a bass line. And then a guitar part. Never again would we rely as much on the liveness. We would always know that we could construct the song and put the pieces together based on the original vision of the song and how we imagined it.
3: got back to the sessions and there was just a buzz.
4: When we did it, we thought we're just doing this temporarily and when Dennis comes back, we'll replace it with real drums. But what happened is the feel was so amazing that we couldn't get rid of it.
3: He played it for me and I could tell from the first listen. I said, man, that is amazing.
4: When
1: you listen to the drum track on Staying Alive like by itself, it's really this super rugged, like tough thing. It's like. not pretty or pop like you remember. It's pretty tough. Staying alive was, was the influence that New York gave to us. And the energy level at that point in the late 70s was, was really that. You know, it's survival. It's survival. This
3: is 77. Everybody knows that times is hard now. You know, if I was out there myself, I would have got what I wanted too. You were not among the looters? No, I wasn't, unfortunate. Do you feel personally threatened by the 44-caliber killer?
2: Yes, I do. I don't feel free to go out to walk the streets or go out at all.
1: Very few people realise this is to do with anything but dance, but the lyrics don't talk about dance at all. And the lyrics very
3: obviously state uh, the scenario of survival.
5: Whether you're a brother or whether
6: you're a mother, you're staying alive, staying alive. Feel the city breaking and everybody shaking and we're staying alive. Stayin alive, ah, 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 ah. Stayin alive, Stayin alive. If you think about, ha, 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 I mean, that could very easily have just been a horn line. But instead, their voices were so sick, they were
1: like, nah, we're gonna sing it. The general fever at the time was you must see this film. The songs precipitated the interest it was this cultural phenomenon. In the first week of release, uh, they were having to hire extra staff in some cinemas to stop them dancing in the aisles. Other movies were being put back or taken out of other screens to make room for Fever. I mean, it was, it was really quite a phenomenon. John took me aside at one point and said, um, what do you think? Do you think maybe uh, an Academy Award nomination? I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, no, I mean, this is ridiculous. It's a dance movie. Here. He had the last laugh.
0: And John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever.
1: The fever thing happened, and that's when everything exploded. Other well, record companies were printing it, then our record company couldn't keep up the pace. We didn't know what was going on, because this was just a soundtrack. Could I ask, for example, what Saturday Night Fever has grossed thus far? Around 110 million, oh, at the moment, in, in, in America. In America? In America, yeah. And the album? Uh, The album, I think, is nearing 18 million uh, double albums worldwide.
6: But, I mean, that that would be the
1: record breaker of all time. Yes, it's already uh, the biggest-grossing album in the history of music. The statistics are just incredible. To
0: give you an idea, that's about half a billion dollars in today's money, and um, it is still the highest-grossing soundtrack album of all time. They had to stop people dancing in the middle of the theater. Oh, my goodness, this record is scratched. (laughs) This is my parents' copy of Saturday Night Fever. (laughs) What you just heard was the Bee Gees' How Can You Mend a Broken Heart, HBO documentary. Just a clip from that signifying how they were able to make some of these tracks and how it became as important as it did to culture. from one of the greatest dance tracks of all time to one of the greatest movie needle drops of all time. Underworld's Born Slippy from Spotting*. To WKDU 91.7 FM Philadelphia. I hope you enjoyed today's set. Electronica and Dance and Disco. That's all part of the movies. Super fun show. And maybe I'll just continue some with some more next week's ones that got left off the list. I won't be live next week, but I'll be playing a Tin liquor set because I will be in New York seeing the Tin Licker Boys in Brooklyn. Hopefully you can get tickets to go see them. If not, they will be on tour for a while. You're in tune to WKDU, 91.7 FM, Philadelphia. My name is DJ, where this has been Politics of Dancing. Keep dancing no matter where you are and be good to each other. Peace.